That was good. That woke me up because I'm a little sleepy this morning. I awoke to um, a bunch of texts, which basically all had the same message. Are you okay? Are you doing all right today? Some of you know why. Some of you asked me this just within the last half hour because the Yankees lost. Late at night, a thrilling comeback in the ninth inning. Game six against the Astros, who are the better team, by the way. And then the crushing blow in the bottom of the ninth inning. Two-run home run, two outs, and that was all she wrote. So, I'm going to take this as a sign of my ongoing maturation process as a human being. That I am here with you at all today. And not home in bed. I mean, come on, look at the weather out. It's just saying, stay in bed. Lick your wounds. Be despairing. But no, I am here. Now, here's the thing that happens, and it's especially true if you are a fan of a team that has a historic track record of winning a lot. Philadelphia teams are starting to get this, by the way, in the last decade. There's this thing that happens when you have a gut punch loss and your season ends just like that and it's unexpected. Shows up all the time. It sounds like this. This season was worthless. This season was a failure. I'm never watching fill in the blank sport again. Like clockwork. I could see it last night on the Yankees oriented blocks. This season was a failure. This season was worthless. And so to borrow one of my favorite quotes, one of my most long-standing quotes from John Updike, I'm going to tweak it just a little bit, that a baseball season ends in loss is not ideal. But all things end under heaven. And if time is held to be invalidating, then nothing real succeeds. That's my problem with that attitude. Most seasons end in loss. The way it goes. Wanting to give it all back or saying it was all worthless because it didn't end the way that I wanted it to, that's a great way to live no life at all and to close up our hearts. Because here's one thing I believe about most of us as human beings, that as the quote goes, how we do one thing is how we do everything. And one of the things I love about being a long-time sports fan is that it has acquainted me with what it's like to lose on a regular basis on really low-scale stuff. (laughs) Stuff that ultimately doesn't matter that much and at the same time teaches that loss is a part of life. Real loss is a part of life. A whole host of years ago, there was a prayer book that was really important to me. It's called the Gates of Prayer. It's the prayer book of the Reformed Jewish tradition. And if any of you are familiar with Judaism, you know that one of the holiest prayers, one of the most sacred and returned to prayers is called the Mourner's Kaddish, which is a prayer for the dead. Here's the interesting thing about the Mourner's Kaddish. It doesn't mention death once. (laughs) It is a prayer of praise. A reminder. 
and in my own small-scale way this morning after the end of the Yankee season, I remember that I'm only a Yankees fan because I love baseball in the first place. That's right-ordering the relationship. And again, that's low-scale stuff with baseball. Where it really matters is when our hearts break in this life around stuff that counts. And so there's a meditation in the intro to the Mourner's Kaddish that's up here that I wanted to show you. I love these words. And again, I just became re-familiarized with them recently. But I have the vaguest recollection that about a quarter century ago, at a time of deep pain in my own life, they brought me tremendous solace. When I die, give what's left of me away to children and to old men that wait to die. And if you need to cry, cry for your brother walking the street beside you. And when you need me, put your arms around anyone and give to them what you need to give to me. I want to leave you something, something better than words or sounds. Look for me in the people I've known or loved. And if you cannot give me away, at least let me live in your eyes and not in your mind. You can love me most by letting hands touch hands. Y'all can do that right now if you want to. Y'all can love me most by letting hands touch hands, by letting bodies touch bodies, and by letting go of children that need to be free. Love doesn't die. People do. So when all that's left of me is love, give me away. Love doesn't die. People do. What a beautiful reminder when we are crestfallen, when we know that the nature of life is both to love and to lose and so to be heartbroken. What a beautiful reminder, this gift. I don't know if the person who wrote that is still alive, but I know one thing about them. Eventually they won't be. Like all of us, and like everyone we know. Love doesn't die. People do. So when all that's left of me is love, give me away. Recently became familiar with this person's story. Julie Yip Williams. She wrote a really amazing book called The Unwinding of the Miracle. Her life was miraculous. She was born in a very rural part of Vietnam, and she was born without sight. She was born blind, and there was a legitimate question whether she would be euthanized, both as a woman and as a blind girl, about whether her life mattered. She was actually taken to a local healer to be euthanized. And the healer said, no, her life has value. Julie Yip Williams eventually came to this country. It's a remarkable story. She had some of her sight restored through an operation. She went to Harvard. She had an incredible, incredible life full of success and family and children. And then at age 37, she got the news that she had terminal cancer. The unwinding of the miracle contains what I want to read you right now. 
her letter to her two elementary school-aged children, Mia and Isabel. Because I think it is a beautiful example of this teaching, so necessary, such a reminder, so essential, that love doesn't die even if people do. Dear Mia and Isabel, you will so painfully want for me to be there to hug you when your friend is mean to you, to look on as your ears are being pierced, to sit in the front row clapping loudly at your musical recitals, to be that annoying parent insisting on yet another photo at college graduation, to help you get dressed on your wedding day, to take your newborn baby from your arms so you can sleep. And every time you yearn for me, it will hurt all over again, and you will wonder why. You will be deprived of a mother. And as your mother, I wish that I could protect you from pain. But also, and this is the key part, also as your mother, I want you to feel the pain, to live it, to embrace it, and then learn from it. Be stronger, people, because of it, for you will know that you must carry strength within you. Be more compassionate, people, because of this. Empathize with everyone who knows loss and who suffers in their own way. Rejoice in life and all its beauty because of it, because of loss. Live with the special zest and zeal. Do this for me. Be grateful in a way that only someone who has lost her mother so early can in your understanding of the precariousness and the preciousness of this life. This is my challenge to you, my sweet girls, to take an ugly tragedy and transform it into a source of beauty, love, strength, courage, and wisdom. Love does not die. People do. And Julie Yip Williams died last spring. These words of her, I think, are so, the best word I can think of is reconciling. Reconciling these things in life that are so painful that we wish would not happen, that we can work our whole lives to prevent, and still they happen. We will feel lonely. Perhaps when we think and look and remember some of these people, the ones we love that we have lost. We will be lonely. That is the nature of grief. But it is also the nature of mourning and healing to remember another truth, that we are not alone. This is not a private altar. This is our altar. There are stories of people in here that perhaps you've only begun to scratch the surface of, and no doubt there are some people on here that you have some very complex memories of. That there may be mixed blessings as well as straight on blessings up here. But this is not a private altar. This is our altar. Love doesn't die. People do. Is that reminder. That when we feel alone. If we will allow. As Julie Yip Williams said to her kids. To remember that this can be the very birthplace of compassion and connection in our lives. There's a podcast that I love. Maybe you've heard of it. 
called Griefcast. It's a bunch of really snarky, really witty, sometimes really profane English comedians talking about death. (laughs) It is really powerful. They've done like hundreds of them now. It's like six seasons, seven seasons. And it ends with these words every single time that the host says, you are not alone. This is not a private altar. These are our people. You can turn towards each other in your grief. We are not mourning alone. You are not alone. I am not alone. We are not alone. And that's the reconciling aspect. That to feel lonely is natural. And to remember we are not alone is also the very nature of life itself. And so what I want to ask you to do in just a moment is to come forward, make your way through these pictures, see your own, see others, hands touch hands, take comfort from each other. And there's one other thing as well, too, as a little reminder today that love does not die, even if people do. I'm going to ask you to take a flower. And at some point in the next day, as Reverend Lee has placed these flowers out here for us, give that flower away. Just like the prayer said.